Well, good, good morning. Hi to you on, online and here in the, in the auditorium. This, we're in the, we have been in a series called Advance, a series from the book of, of Acts. And this is the last in the series. If you've missed any of them, I would recommend that you look at the talks online and catch up with those. And we believe that God has been calling us to move forward in this season to take new ground and expand the area of our tent. So we've been working through the book of Acts and looking to learn from the early church. And today we're thinking about a church that is different together. There are so many differences between us, you know, Fulham versus Chelsea, north-south, east-west London, all those things. I'm, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, I'm being flippant, but there are so many differences. But we want to be a church that's different together. So let me just share a little bit of my, of my story with you. So my parents came from Barbados as part of the, the late Windrush generation. They were British citizens with a British passport, and they were invited to come over and help the mother country to fill jobs, um, skill shortages, and, and quite frankly, to do some of the jobs that no one else wanted to, to do. So my father was, an, uh, uh, was part of a small number of families who were at Fulwell Bus Garage, not very far away from here. Life from there, for them, was tough. Their differences were not seen as a particularly positive thing. They were seen as a, um, you know, the way they were and the way they lived was seen as a threat to British way of life. There was discrimination and so many other things. So my mum and uh, my auntie took themselves off to church because that's what you did on a Sunday. If, you, if you're in Barbados, it's really quiet on a Sunday morning because people go to church. You dress up and you go, you go to church. So they took, them off to, took themselves off to the local church. No one spoke to them. They were stared at. They tried a couple of times and they gave up because they, they didn't feel welcome. So many, many people from the Afro-Caribbean communities went, went on to form their own churches because that's where they felt um, at home and safe. So different, but not together. And that is not what, that is not what the Lord has for us. Here at Riverside, when I joined many, many years ago, there weren't many people that looked like me. You know, there were one or two of us, and then it grew. But, you know, this is a wonderful thing, what we have here, a diverse church that's diverse unity that is different together. So we make strides. We move, we move on. So difference is hardwired, God-wired into creation. Genesis 1, 11 to 24, describes the way in which the Lord creates many kinds of vegetation, living creatures, and he saw that it was good. So difference is good. Difference is what the Lord wants to bring. I mean, I have a friend, and we love going visiting plant fairs and seeing new varieties, and we, we get very excited about the difference, the different varieties. So we want, and we love, you know, we love being in nature, don't we? We love how it feeds our soul, the different plants, the different clouds, the different kinds of rain. I mean, goodness knows we've had some rain, haven't we? So what, I'm gonna, what I want to do is dig in to Acts 10 and look at what, what difference means and what a church is different looks together. We are, the Lord created diverse unity. So let's, um, let's pray, and then I'm going to read from um, Acts 10. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the diversity of your creation, and it is good. So, Lord, I ask that as we dig into this passage and you would speak to us, you would, Holy Spirit, that you would bring this alive to us. 
and we would know more of you. In the name of our Saviour, Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to read from the message. I like the sort of the pace, the pace of that, and the way the story is told. Acts 10. There was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. He had led everyone in his household to live worshipfully before God, was always helping people in need, and had the habit of prayer. One day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God, as, as real as his next-door neighbor, came in and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared hard, wondered if he was seeing things, and he said, what do you want, sir? The angel said, your prayers and neighborly acts have, have brought you to God's attention, and here's what you are to do. Send men to Joppa to get Simon, who everyone else knows as calls Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. The next day, um, as the three travelers were approaching the town, Peter went up onto the balcony to pray. It's about noon. Peter got hungry and started to think about lunch, as you would. While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a, tra a trance, and he saw the skies open up, something like a huge blanket lowered by ropes, and on its four corners settled on the ground. Every kind of animal, reptile, bird you could think of was on it. Then a voice came, Go to it, Peter. Kill, eat. Peter said, no, Lord. Not so much tasted of anything that was not kosher, which is basically the, the, the Jewish way of, um, of certain types of food. Voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, it's okay. This happened three times, and then the blanket was pulled up into the skies. As Peter puzzled, trying to figure out what it all meant, the men sent by Cornelius showed up at Simon's door, they called in, asking if there was a Simon, also called Peter, staying there. Peter, lost in thought, didn't hear them, so the spirit whispered to him. Three men are knocking at the door, looking for you. Get down there, go with them. Don't ask any questions, I sent them to get you. Peter went down, said to the men, I think I'm the man you're looking for. What's up? Paraphrase, paraphrase, paraphrase. He goes, he, get, he, he invites them in, they stay. He then goes, um, he goes on a journey to Caesarea, and a day later they get to Caesarea. And Cornelius is expecting them, and he has friends and relatives waiting for him. The minute Peter came through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet greeting, greeting him, and then down on his face worshipping him. Peter pulled him and said, no, none of, none of that. I'm only a man. I'm a man and only a man no different from you. Talking things over, they went into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them. He said, you know, this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this. They don't visit and relax with people of another race. But God has shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came no questions asked, and I would like, I'd like to know why you sent for me. Tells his, you know, Cornelius does his story. Peter fairly exploded with good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are, where you're from. If you want God and you're ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is put together again. He's doing it everywhere among everyone.
So then we move on. We just Peter shares the good news. He talks about the history, the arc of history, John the Baptist, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And we pick it up again in verse 44. No sooner were the words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. The believing Jews that had come with Peter couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on an outsider. Non-Jews, but there it was. They heard them speaking in tongues, heard them praising God. And then Peter said, do I hear of any objections to baptizing these friends with water? They received the Holy Spirit just as exactly as we did. Hearing no, no objections, he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And Peter gets to then stay on for a few more days. So here we have the Holy Spirit on the move. On the move. Two different people, two different responses, one plan and one purpose. Now these men couldn't have been any different from each other. And I love that this passage begins with the outsider in terms of the church. How on earth did he, how on earth did he hear about Jesus? How was he worshipping a, a Jewish God? So Cornelius was an insider in terms of Caesarea. You know, he was an Italian. He's a high-status soldier. Italian. He would have had, he'd have had a diverse household working with him. An outsider in the Jewish culture, insider in, um, in, in Caesarea, in the Roman Empire. But he didn't need to be told twice. He did as the angel said. He obeyed, he believed, he opened his home, he listened to the gospel, he responded to the gospel. And we have Peter, an insider in the Jewish religion, oodles and oodles of history, you know, that arc of history that we see in the Old, in the Old Testament. And he would, you know, rightly take pride in his Jewish credentials. And he said, I've not even, you know, took pride in his keeping the rules. I've not so much tasted kosher food. But the Spirit is saying, Peter, if it's okay with God, it's okay. But he was yet to be convinced. So Peter went on a journey of obedience to playing by, playing by the rules to playing by the Spirit's rules. You know, it not, wasn't his fault. He had a generation of history. That's the way he was birthed. That's his, you know, why wouldn't he take pride in his heritage? And then I'm wondering, when we look into that text, this vision occurs three times. Now, Peter had some history with things occurring in threes. Jesus saying to him, you would um, you'd betray me three times. He's reinstated by Jesus by asking the same question. Peter, do you love me? He's like, I don't know what you're asking me. Of course I love you. Feed my sheep and so on and so forth. And now this vision is happening three times. I, I think that this was such a strong message that Peter absolutely needed to know that this was God. So in the kindness of, of the Lord, you know, and I'm sure you know, when he looked back over the years, he's going, ah, because sometimes we don't see what God's doing. It takes us, we have to look back and go, oh, ah, I see. And also sometimes we... I don't know about you, but the Lord has to take me on the same journey a couple of times, maybe three or four times before I get it. It's like, oh, that's what you're doing. So God's plan and purpose is being, has, been, has been riven through these people. God gave Peter a dream. He gave Cornelius a vision. God sent Peter to Cornelius. 
God acted through Jesus Christ to bring good news to the world. And he moved on to win the hearts of Cornelius and his household to Christ. This is a significant message that would begin to break down the barriers between believing Jews and God-fearing Gentiles. And this, this rumbles through the New Testament. As, um, you know, in the early days, you know, there were, Jews were going, like, they need to be, they, the new converts need to be circumcised. You know, putting the rules of their culture upon a new set of believers. And they believed that you, know, you, you couldn't live a Christian life, a new Christian life, if you didn't resemble Judaism. But that is not, that is not, what, that is not, what, that, that is not what was happening. And it wasn't over in one go, and it had to be contested for over and over again in this next little while. So Peter would have been deeply uncomfortable having Jews into, into you know, non, non, non-Jews into his homes, visiting Gentiles. He said, you know, this is not what's done. So if we're going to be a church that's going to be different together, it's going to be uncomfortable. There are two things. Being different and being different together are two things, two different things. One is passive. Yeah, we're all different. The other is active. Being different together, embracing, embracing each other's differences because that's what creation shows us. Difference, hard-baked into, into it. Now, difference, quite frankly, is a bit inconvenient, isn't it? It would be great if you thought like me and I thought like you, and then I, you know, quite frankly, then you know I'm right and I don't have to convince you. <laughs> but that's not, how it, that's not how it works. And, you know, the Lord is, he chips away, doesn't he, a half-thought, uh, you know, the way, we, the, way we be, the, way, the way we see things. Um, and the way we see things, like Peter's influenced by our, our, our families of origin, our education, our experiences, and all of that makes, it, makes us different. And that's good. We are the body of Christ, and we all have our part to play. We need to be different from each other to be able to function as a healthy body. We all serve the same God who creates and values every single one of us. But we need to see each other through the eyes of the Spirit, not necessarily through the lens of our experiences, our upbringings. And that's, that's, that's difficult. And it's not easy. And it's so easy to judge. Now, you know, the Lord has been very helpful to me. Um, when you think you've got it, you think you've got it sorted, don't you? So I, I was recently um, away, and I, you know, pretty much I judged this person. I thought, you know, I kind of knew what they, what they, what they were. And Holy Spirit's like, mm-mm, no, 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 no. So I started chatting this, per- chatting this person. Oh, totally delightful. We had so many things in common. But it's so easy just to make, in that moment, through the lens of your upbringing to, and your experiences, decide you know what that person's like. And obviously, I've, I've, been, I've been judged by the color, of my, the color of my skin. Jesus used to hang around with the tax collectors, the prostitutes, and he wasn't threatened by their differences. He loved their differences. He saw them through eyes of love, as a saviour, you know, sheep without shepherds, longing for a place to become home. So it's going to be, it's going to be uncomfortable. But a result of, of Peter doing what he did means that we're all the beneficiary. This church, you know, is no longer a Jewish, it's, it's not a Jewish, it's not a Jewish setup, is it? We are part of a wider story and we are beneficiaries of Peter's, 
Peter's um, obedience. But being different in this world is not, not easy. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what, you know ethnic diversity. You know, the, the death of George Floyd and others, child Q being strip-searched, you know, having a different experience because of her ethnicity. This week, you know, the, the, um, the inquest following the death of um, Awab Isaac died as a result of living in mouldy accommodation. And they couldn't get justice. They couldn't get listened to. Now, that is not good. That is not what, that's not what we, that's not what we had. Bieber Henry and Nicole Smallman, you know, they couldn't, they went missing and they couldn't get a police response because of people judging through their own culture and their lens, like, oh, they're just partying, it doesn't matter. But we're all called to be moved by that as Christians and to advocate for those who can't advocate for themselves, to feel the pain and the injustice. And we, we, we will continue to be challenged about how the re- world responds to those who are different, who have no structural power. And we need to follow God's call into that. We should all be uncomfortable with the status quo. So, I get that. You're saying, I get that. So what is it? The church that is different together is now, for now, and for eternity. As I said, we want to value the the gifts, the talents, the experience we bring. And I love it when I look around and I see so much beautiful difference in our church. I think we've got over 45 nationalities. So what I want you to do right now, I'm going to be risky and take a few minutes. I would like you to get up and I would like you to go and just have a quick moment with somebody who's different from you, whether that be your gender, your ethnicity, your age, and that, you know, Give them the peace of God. Go and say you're very welcome. And Lord, bless you in the name of Jesus. So please, let's do that. And I'm going to call you back. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) My daughter in law. Yes, right. Thank you. Yeah. This is lovely. Yes. You'll never get back now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call you back. Please. Please. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble if you don't come back. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Fantastic. Right, come on. I'm going to call you back together. I know it's lovely. We'll have time at the end to, uh, to chat anymore. So I'm going to carry on in John Wimber style. We, we want to be a welcoming, a mel- a welcoming church. And we are very deliberate in Riverside and intentional about trying to create a welcome space for everyone. You'll see different faces, different ethnicities, different ages, leading leading services involved in worship, leading ministries. And we want to be a church that does that together. So being in a small group, 
serving on a team. We've done things like 100 shared tables, Sunday lunches where we do different kinds of food. Now, that's, that's, that's really deliberate, you know, exposing us to difference as a community. So, we end this chapter with those traveling with Peter couldn't believe that the, the gift of the Holy Spirit poured on an outsider and they were speaking in tongues. Eternity, so we have a church that's different now together, and I hope we had some lovely conversations, and a church that's, that's the, um, it's different for eternity. The, the differences don't disappear. We don't become an amorphous blob of something. We take our differences into eternity because that is what the Lord has intended. Our differences will remain in this new heaven and earth. So as we began in Genesis, so we end in Revelation, a diverse unity in creation, in our body and in our, in our creation. God creating difference and we end in difference. Revelation, Revelation says this, after this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes, held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. So we get to experience right now a church that's different together for now and into eternity. God bless you. Thank you.